Hi, welcome to Chili's. Um, sorry about the wait on a, a new episode of Undiagnosed. It's just been kind of a whirlwind, whirlwind, losing my pronunciation skills by the second. But I would like to update everyone that we're in the middle of a rebrand right now. Uh, you know how people are in different eras? It's like just like a overarching term that basically means nothing. It just gives you some sort of a substance in your life, something to cling on to. So right now I'm in between eras. This upcoming weekend, Labor Day weekend, is the last beach weekend of the summer, you know? So we gotta get ready for the next era because it's a it's a it's a rude awakening. It is a wake-up call to not know that I have DJs to look forward to on a weekend. And oh my gosh, I had the best night at DJs. It was like two weekends ago. It was just everything was on point. I started the night talking to an older man, probably in his 40s, um, just shooting the shit with me and my friends, and he was telling us about how he recently went on a trip to Greece and he started crying because I guess 4,000 years ago, this is where Jesus Christ walked or whatever. That's what he said when he went to some sort of tomb. I don't really get it. But I tried to relate to him and I said, you know, DJs was actually established in 1959. So there's also some sort of cathartic feeling of nostalgia and history when you step into these doors and you think about, you know, how our ancestors also ordered Red Bull vodkas here. I'm the same in this very room. And that, to me, is pretty emotional. I don't need to get my passport out, go to Greece to feel something, okay? Just go to DJ's, get three grills, and you're going to be feeling high-intensity emotions. It's like a hit workout every time you go. And it was just nonstop fun times meeting people. I When I go out, I always like to meet strangers. I love to chat. Um, you know, you ever want someone, you ever want to bring someone around? And you know you're a little nervous that they're not going to click with your friends. I'm that friend that, say you're my best friend and you bring over someone that I don't know. Fuck you for the entire night. I'm becoming best friends with your friend. If they pass the vibe check. And to me, like, going out to bars is, like, a, an opportunity. I like to call it, like, going to play. Like, I want to go play. I don't want to go stand in a corner with my friends that I came with and just sit there. I want to go there, unleash hell, like, run on all fours, just meeting random people throughout the bar. Becoming best friends with Charles from Cleveland, who works in a dairy farm. You know what I mean? That's what I want. That's what I need. I don't want to just do the normal, like, oh my god, taking tequila shots, going to dance. Yeah, I'm going to do that. But I also would like to know, you know, has, has this man sitting next to me with sunglasses on at 10 p.m. been through trauma, and can we unpack it tonight? You know? Can we get into it? Can we, can we connect on a way beyond physical? Can we emotionally be, the, be there for each other? in that two-hour window that we have together. Um, so I ended up meeting this couple. Um, one of the worst couples of all time, I would say. And this is a thing. The worse that people are, the more I enjoy talking to them. Because then it's like kind of like watching, talking to, you know, zoo animals. You're just kind of admiring, observing, keeping your distance, but also engaging, you know, through an through a emotional glass cage that you know you can't step too far past the bars but you can still admire and observe from afar. So, yeah, that's right. I just made a reference for people that are shitty to zoo animals in cages. That's, that's a little bit about my uh, penmanship and eloquence as a podcast host. Thank you very much. Um, so I was talking to this couple. I don't know their names. Think about, think about like a Brad, a Brad Chad, and just like the worst girl of all time. What's, what's her name? Monica. No, I think Monica's cool. Cheryl. 
Cheryl and Brad are standing next to me. And I wasn't even engaging with them. I was just kind of eavesdropping. And this guy was like, I don't even know what he was. But he said to her, and this is what I heard verbatim. He was like, your breasts are so beautiful. Talking just straight up about her breasts. And I turned around and I said, I think you two should be together. I think you two should get married. I don't think you're going to do better. I think this is what you deserve for each other. And you can tell that Cheryl was just absolutely flabbergasted by this compliment. Like it had touched a place in her that she needed to hear. She was like, oh my God, thank you. Like, and he just literally just objectified her. But like he just made a, the, the easiest bare minimum comment about someone, you know? I could go up to a guy and compliment his arms, or I could tell him that he looks like a strong, safe musk ox that could take care of me. And I usually do the latter, which is uh, another reason why I am, uh, oh, single, yeah. So I hear that couple, give them, my, give them my warmest condolences for the rest of their lives, and then I head to the bathroom line, and it's a Brad convention in the bathroom line. Not even Brad, it's like a Guido, it's like Giuseppe. Giuseppe convention. You know, everyone's wearing the DJ's uniform. You're wearing a black t-shirt, a gold chain, skinny jeans. That's what you do. And they're standing in the bathroom, and the boys' room had a longer line than the girls' room. So one of the guys went up to the bathroom attendants and was like, uh, I identify as a female, so I can use the female strip. And all the guys were, like, dying laughing as if it was the funniest joke of all time. And the poor bathroom attendant was just like, come on, come on, cut me a fucking break. Like, really? Come on. You really have to be that big of an asshole to, like, make this poor, poor, like, she looked like 15, bathroom attendant at DJ's, probably making minimum wage, probably not getting tipped out by the bartenders, because you know all those bartenders are assholes, and, and you're gonna, you're gonna try and ruin her night even more than it's already been ruined, just from her fucking being there, like, come on, grow up, grow up, I am, one thing, I am disrespectful to people that earn it, but when it comes to people in the service industry, or anyone working, I am the I have the utmost respect for them. In fact, sometimes I tip 100% for like a tequila shot. Why? I don't know. But I, but I do think that it's important that no matter how rowdy we get, you, you, treat, you treat the people that work in an establishment with respect. That's just kind of a thing. That to me is the bare minimum of being a decent human being and going to DJs and, you know, this is just one, one example, going to any bar and being on high alert for people like that, it goes to show how many fucking idiots there are out there who just walk through life as if they've built every establishment that they walk into and deserve everything. They think that they deserve everything, you know? Like, can you imagine that? Can you imagine walking into a room like like a straight man does? It's so flabbergasting to me. I think we should send a message. I think we should start allowing bouncers to mace people. I think that would really set a good precedent that you don't fuck around. With the hospitality industry, you go in, you be a menace to everyone in there, but if they're working, they're sober, they're miserable, they don't want to deal with you, don't be an ass. Don't do it. But I met this other queen who we were online for drinks and we were kind of shoveling our way through and she was like, oh my God, don't tell anyone, but I'm using my son's birthday money for this. Do you want a drink? And I was like, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. And, you know, it's kind of like one step forward two steps back with DJs, you know? So I had two bad experiences, but then I robbed a seven-year-old for a tequila soda. So all in all, it was a pretty damn good night. So, you know, I got one more weekend left at DJs. One more until next summer. So if you see me there eating a glizzy, drinking a grail, come say hi.
Give me a hug, because I'm going to need it. They're going to be dragging me out there. They're gonna be a, there's going to be a limp body gripping the stage. My, my fingers are going to be digging into the wood. And they're, they're going to have like a chain of 15 bouncers grabbing my ankles, just yanking me as hard as they can. And I'm like, you're going to have to fucking nail me down! I'm not leaving! And um, yeah, so that's probably how it's going to end. But, you know, summer will inevitably end. And, you know, we're transitioning into fall. And this time around... Instead of being emo, I want to be intentional. So I'm going to set some intentions for the fall right now with you guys. And I hope that, you know, you can do this with me too. You can support me and my intentions and then maybe make your own damn intentions instead of sitting on your ass. And listen, a lot of you out there have your lives together and are like, what do you mean? Have you never set intentions before for anything in your life? Are you motivated? And to that, I say, I have ADHD. So maybe you should check your Slovakia before you wreck your Slovakia. Thank you very much. That was a line I used in fifth grade a lot, and I thought it was, like, the next who's on first. I don't know who's on second. Like, I thought I was that that talented for coming up with that. And I didn't even come up with it. I think I heard it on Disney Channel. So let's get into our list of intentions. My first intention is to really work on making a space. I'm switching apartments. Make this new apartment my zen palace, okay? I did not do a good job at making my current apartment zen. There's clutter everywhere. I don't know how to organize things. My room doesn't have a window in it, and I literally just don't feel at peace in here. There's clutter. The color scheme is really tired. The comforter I got is from Amazon, and it looks like an iguana skin. It's just not... It ain't it, okay? So I recently just got approved into a new apartment with two of my friends. Let me just uh, tell you one thing about New York real estate. They don't want you to move. They don't want you in the city. They want they want you to die. They don't want to help you at all. It is the worst experience of all time. You either have a broker and you pay half your bank account to them just so you can see an unfurnished apartment with no washer, dryer, dishwasher, or windows. Or you look on Street Easy, go to these apartments, and you click on one you find, and there's already 200 people touring the apartment at that very moment. Like, good luck moving. Good fucking luck. I don't know what it is. You have to sacrifice. Only in New York will you pay six grand to not even have a washer dryer and a window. Basic necessities for day-to-day life. You know? And you get into this mindset where it, you just start going crazy. Like, I'm looking at apartments, it's like a flex studio for 15 people, and I'm like, okay, but we can make it work. We each get bunk beds. We have six bunk beds, we kind of stack them on top of each other, there's high enough ceilings, we get one fan, it's kind of like natural air, we don't need a window. They're like, this is a closet, this is a literally a utility closet, and I'm like, yeah, but we can make it work, okay? Because there's a Taco Bell cantina on this block, I don't know if we're going to get a better location than that. Okay. And everyone's like, that can't possibly be one of your top priorities for this apartment. You just never really strip down to a level of, I have to choose what I value most in a space and in my day-to-day lifestyle and also pay top dollar for it. Like no one, I feel like there's no one in New York that's like, yeah, apartment hunting was great. Yeah. We we just found our place and we picked it and it checked all our boxes. No. Every time you ask someone where they're moving, they're like, Yeah, I'm moving from um, a cage in the Hudson River to one on the east side so I can be closer to uh, the Empire State Building. You know, that's the amenities I wanted. No one's happy. There's always a but. It's, yeah, I'm excited, but there's a living tiger in our kitchen. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. 
Yeah, you know, it's great, but the shower actually only uh, uses sewer water. So, you know, but I feel like we'll adjust. It's that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I wanted to make this new space because I, I did check a lot of our boxes and we are very happy with what we got. And I want to make sure that this space feels like a zen garden for me. Because if anything, I need zen. I need the fall to be chill. You know, maybe I'll finally get a candle that's not from Rite Aid. I don't know. Maybe we'll make that as one small step for Nick. One giant leap for the smell of his apartment. You are like, hey, this candle doesn't smell like Crest toothpaste. We're living in luxury. Um, I would also like to get a cheetah print robe, bathrobe. These are the only two things I wrote down, by the way. Just a candle not from a convenience store and a robe with cheetah print on it. So if that tells you anything about how setting intentions in the past has worked for me, this is the background. This is the meat and bones of what we're working with. A cheetah print robe and a $20 candle. So I think I'm setting the bar pretty attainably. You know, that's just one click on Amazon Prime and one pop into Diptyque in West Village, you know, where they have $80 candles. That's where Angelina Jolie goes. So obviously, we're one and the same. To birds of a feather, baby. That's what I'll say if I ever see her in there. And then I'll probably get, you know, a restraining order. I also think it's time that we as a society get rid of Society6. And um, I, I, we're, we're, it's tired. Okay, we're done. We're done with that. It's the same. The disco ball aesthetic with cowboy boots and pink and, you know, the just the name of alcohol like Aperol. We're done with that. Let's leave that in college. If I see a tapestry again, I'm going to like, I'm going to smell blood. It's like that kind of PTSD because I decorated my room the exact same for four years. It's those LED lights that go around your ceiling that you think is groundbreaking. It's a tapestry of the Shrek 2 movie because you think it's funny. And then it's these prints of like Amalfi Coast. And guess what? you never been. So I think it's time that we get a little creative. I'd rather a shock factor. I'd, la- I'd rather a picture of a block of cheese hanging above your bed, because that tells me something about you. Instead of, like, what is a picture of cowboy boots? Like, okay, you grew up in suburbia, okay? Why do you have pink cowboy boots on a disco ball sipping an Aperol spritz above your bed? That's not you. So I think we should get rid of that stuff. So I'm not going to bring that energy into my apartment, okay? I'm going to have, like, a picture of Dolly Parton riding an elephant. And there's something with character that tells you everything you need to know about what you're going to get when you talk to someone whose room is decorated as such so i will definitely keep you updated on how that's going and how my zen apartment is uh coming into fruition but you know keep your expectations as right where you think they should be because i know some of you are like the guy who wants to have his wedding at an alpaca farm is suddenly um a renaissance man who's all about uh what color palette will make your apartment match your aura yeah It's like asking a straight guy advice on what concealer to purchase. Not a resource you want to trust, you know? So, my next intention for the fall is I would like to make some personal career moves. And when I say personal career moves, I mean, like, my passion. So, like, I would like to kind of revamp the style of this podcast, which is kind of why it's been a little bit sporadic throughout the summer. We're in the process of boiling this down to the meat and bones and seeing what direction we want to take it in for the fall. I think there's going to be a lot more elements of bringing on guests. There's going to be a lot more segments. I think it needs a a little bit of a structural background. And I don't necessarily regret anything about like the episodes I put out. I love every episode that comes out and I feel very strongly about the jokes and all of them and like the editing that went into it. 
But it's also like, this is, we're not even a year of doing this. So I'm still, I still don't really know what the fuck I'm doing. And I don't know how people are listening to this. But hey, if it ain't broke, and it's not broke, you know, we're just kind of, we're taking it to the shop and we're, we're decking it out to make a designer. You know, it's still, it still drives pretty damn well as is, but we're going to give it all the nuances that it needs. And on top of that, I would love to do stand up. Stand-up comedy is something I've wanted to do for my entire life. All of my favorite comedians started on stand-up or in Groundlings or in Second City. And I'm like, why the fuck am I not doing that? I am so funny. I have, Jesus Christ, and humble too. (laughs) And I have so many thoughts going through my head all the time that are joke. Like, the way that my mind works is thinking of jokes after jokes after jokes after jokes. Like, I don't think of things seriously. My mind is not wired that way. People talk to me and are like, I feel like I'm listening to a TV show. And I'm like, these are just the things I'm saying out loud. Think about all the stuff that I have in my head. I need to just start writing. I have so much stuff, like, just pouring through my head, like a fucking dumpster fire of comedy. I need to write it down. Because if, if nothing else, it'll at least give me, like, like, I just forget everything. I'll just, like, laugh in my head as I'm walking to the subway. And then I'll forget to write it down. And I'll be like, what the hell was I laughing at? You know? Well, yeah, also, isn't that a funny sight? Like, picture me just walking to the subway, just like, (laughs) by myself. Like, yeah. Oh, God. So hold me to it. I will have done a stand-up gig by the end of September. I'm going to give myself to the end of September to do it. And you know I'll advertise it on the podcast to... Actually, no, I'm not, because I will only advertise because if I flop and people I know are there, that's it. That is it. You could cut the check. I am... I am... We're good. And I talk a big game about how I don't care what people think about me, but if people don't laugh at my jokes, that is like, I'd rather you just call me a slur. Honestly. If you, like, that is the most personal insult to me. If I try to make people laugh and they don't laugh, that is where I, that's when I put on Adele, sit in my room in the dark, and I'm like, what is going on? What, what is happening? This is the fucking Matrix or Inception or something. Like, this cannot be real. Um, because that's the one constant. Whenever I meet someone, I'm like, I know that if nothing else, I will be able to make them laugh. And I've never not been able to make someone laugh, okay? Give me your worst person of all time. Give me, give me like, I don't know, maybe I'll need like a physical prop. Give me like a whoopee cushion, a half hour, and like a Chardonnay. They will be rolling on the floor within 15 seconds. I promise you that. Next intention, I would love to keep keep up my fitness routine because let me tell you one thing i really put it on pause for the summer okay what did i tell you i told you in the first episode that i get skinny in the winter and i bulk in the summer and i don't know it's real it's a real sophie's choice i could either enjoy my summer or i can sweat infinitely more in a crowded gym three days a week i don't want to do it I want to be at DJ's on a Tuesday at 5 o'clock. And I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize for it. So I would like to, you know, get hit the fall pretty hard. I would like to get back to the basics, get back to the treadmills, get back to the weights. Because let me tell you one thing. In this new building I'm moving to, there's an equinox in it. Oh my god. I'm going to die. What You know what I imagine an equinox is? I imagine the fucking training room from the Hunger Games where people are just throwing knives, spears, lifting trucks. Like, I'm terrified. I don't know what I'm walking into. You know? I I, I was scared of Planet Fitness. Imagine what Equinox is like. That's the real Goliath. You know? The real kiss of death is walking into Equinox 
without being able to do 15 crunches. Are they going to laugh at me? Am I going to be mocked when I try and sign up? Are they going to be like, are you only getting this membership for the food court? And I'm going to be like, 70-30. 70 food court, 20 sauna, 10 working out. So, I don't know, I am a little nervous, because that is a very intense gym. You think of Equinox, you think, Jesus Christ, juice head, muscle, like, just like tying weights to their eyelids and blinking. That is what I'm anticipating. And I'm like, how does this machine work? Where does my leg go? They're like, you're sitting on an upside down. You know, why are you on your hands and knees on the Stairmaster? And I'm like, because it's easier this way. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research. Maybe I'll watch a, a YouTube video on how to work out. Oh, God. See how the bar is so low for my expectations for myself? Maybe I'll lay in bed and watch a video about working out so I know how to do it efficiently when I go to the gym. That's like a milestone for me. That's really embarrassing. I also think that my final and overarching intention for the fall is to just be a little bit easier on my expectations of myself, those around me, New York as a whole. I think when you move here, you are waiting for the concrete jungle where dreams are made of to come true for you. But let me tell you one thing. It's just a couple of buildings, streets, shops, restaurants, bars, clubs. It's up to you to, you know, figure out what the fuck to do with it. It doesn't just happen. You gotta make it work. And I think that I struggled with that for a while because I just thought that all the opportunities would just be at my doorstep buzzing my apartment. But that's not true. You have to seek them out. Just because you're in the city doesn't mean that it like owes you anything. You gotta make it happen. And I haven't made it happen yet. Well, I've made some things happen. But I'm I'm excited to just kind of you know, after being in the city for a year, it's just become so much more familiar to me. So instead of having expectations of, you know, finding my husband or becoming famous or doing XYZ, just like, why don't I just enjoy today and enjoy tomorrow and enjoy this week and not worry about what's happening in six months or a year? Because Jesus Christ, why can't we just live in the now? Seize the day, carpe diem. Um, that's something I've always struggled with because I have ADHD, a lack of patience, and I'm very impulsive. So maybe we rein that in, you know? I love the fall. The fall's great. Why wouldn't I want to savor every moment of it? So I think, and I think that how I'm going to do that is by being intentional in how I act and how I think about things and how I, you know, engage with the people around me. So I'm excited for that. Am I getting real? Am, is this, is this me taking off the mask and revealing that I am you know, Luke, I am your father. I have an emotional cortex, too. Um, I hope so. And I hope that it resonates with people because no one really warned you about this before moving here, you know? But, um, yeah, I'm excited. Everything's good. Things are happening. Things are happy. And I'm excited to sabotage that until it isn't working anymore. Kidding! Not really. Kidding. Um, well, thank you for listening again. I am looking forward to uh, doing this transition on end of August with you all. Um, enjoy Labor Day weekend. I'm looking forward to recapping everything next week. And uh, until then, stay real, stay woke, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Momo. Undiagnosed nose, nose, nose.